Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The following program uses what are sometimes called four-letter words, though in this case they're actually eight letters and perhaps a seven-letter gerund. Hi, it's Mike. And it's Saturday, or not, you know, depending on when you listen to podcasts, how assiduous you are about downloading a podcast just as soon as it pops up in your feed. And it being Saturday and me being here again should tell you that, yeah, we are committed to this, the Saturday best of show. We got a lot of feedback from everyone on MikePesca.com. Most of you liked it. Some of you didn't. But the general consensus of those who didn't was I listened to everything anyway. Well, God love you. So you don't have to listen to this, but why not? Here you are. You're listening to this. Uh, the theme, the best segment of the week, we decided was once again, just like last week, Joe Rogan themed. Don't worry. This won't be a constant unless, you know, Joe Rogan runs for president, gets elected. The Rogan heads uh, storm insurge the Capitol. Don't think that's going to happen. You know, there's a lot of sensory deprivation tanks at play in the Joe Rogan universe. But enjoy this segment and give me feedback and say hi at MikePesca.com. And now, the best of the gist. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now the spiel. The criticisms against Spotify by a couple of prominent recording artists and podcasters mostly stem from a letter signed by science educators denouncing the information that two particular guests of Joe Rogan put forward. One of those guests, Robert Malone, is among the developers of the mRNA vaccines. Malone has been banned from Twitter and other outlets for advancing scientifically unproven or in some cases flat-out rebutted information about the COVID vaccines. Counterpoints to Malone's claims abound. But I listened to the entire three-hour episode. I took notes, not with a mind for the information outside my area of expertise, the science, but for information that fell inside it. The rhetoric. 
how Malone advances his points and how Rogan solicited, rebutted, or allowed information to air and the manner in which fact checkers engaged on those issues. Now, to some extent, the science is unavoidable. In those cases, I consulted top experts. That won't convince a Malone acolyte. Part of his thesis is that the experts are on the take, deluded, or otherwise inexpert. But this is the best we could do. On occasion, the expert consensus actually more or less agreed with Malone, but the reason Malone brought it up in those cases was to mischaracterize what the consensus was. As far as Malone being a conspiracy theorist, that's not a theory. A few times on his show, he alleged a widespread conspiracy and named names. Here's one of those times. The disclosure of emails that um, Cliff Lane, uh, Tony Fauci, and Francis Collins actively conspired to destroy any discussion of the appropriateness of lockdown strategies. And, and the mainstream press hardly covers it. And there are no, there are no consequences. The document trail having to do with the gain-of-function research and the implication of NIH, and by the way, DITRA in that, um, having absolutely no consequences for anybody. Um, we're in an environment in which truth and consequences are fungible. They, this is modern media management and warfare. All right, here's the backstory on that. October 2020, three researchers from Harvard, Oxford, Stanford, those are their backgrounds, they get together and author what they call the Great Barrington Declaration. It's short, it's eight paragraphs, I'll summarize. One, current lockdown policies are producing devastating effects on long and short-term public health, they wrote. The old and vulnerable are more likely to be severely infected by children, they wrote. Our goal should therefore be to minimize mortality and social harm until we reach herd immunity. Hearing of the existence of this declaration, Francis Collins, then director of the NIH, emailed Anthony Fauci saying, we need to rebut this. His exact words, found after a freedom of information request, was, quote, there needs to be a quick and devastating published takedown of its premises. Fauci writes back, don't worry, there already is, and he links to a piece that the science editor of Wired wrote the day before. The science editor of Wired made some pretty good points, like, sure, it seems impressive that the Great Barrington Declaration has thousands of signatures, now it's in the hundreds of thousands, but you just need to click it, there's no verification of who you are, and the authors don't really define who's vulnerable and who's not, there's no consensus on when or where or if herd immunity can be achieved, it's not clear that getting it and recovering won't offer long-term side effects, so I don't know if it's a devastating takedown, but it satisfied my curiosity about why the Great Barrington Declaration might not be the way to go in combating the coronavirus pandemic. It was a debate between Team Lockdown and Team Herd Immunity and Team Lockdown won. They tried pretty hard to win. I guess their critics would say they played dirty. But what they really did was just to argue strongly and in many outlets that Team Lockdown was wrong. Was it a conspiracy? Did Fauci conspire to suppress anything? The conspiracy consisted of a concern that an argument was gaining traction and a reply, don't worry, here's an article already addressing your concerns, doing what you ask for. The email between Collins and Fauci took place October 8th. The Wired article in question was published October 7th. It already existed. It's a kind of conspiracy where you say, hey, let's steal the Hope Diamond. No, wait, because just yesterday I bought the Hope Diamond. 
The Wall Street Journal reported that Facebook later censored the existence of the Great Barrington Declaration. I couldn't confirm that they did. Facebook has some pretty dumb algorithms that do that, and that would be wrong if true. YouTube did remove a talk between the authors of the declaration and Governor Ron DeSantis, wrong and true. But the charge there was a conspiracy versus a viable press strategy, inaccurate, Part of public health is communicating with the public, and I would bet that anyone in Fauci's position would work to circulate information rebutting a premise that was judged to be dangerous. Sometimes talk of conspiracies weren't indicated by the literal word conspiracy. Dr. Malone sometimes would want to introduce an idea, an idea that maybe he can't prove. Here's one idea. He wanted to tell us that hospitals are getting paid to overestimate the number of patients who had COVID. But he sought to introduce that idea without claiming that, yes, this is my thesis. What he did was he invoked a rhetorical technique called paralipsis, which is the, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, way of saying something. I'm not saying Apple wants the old model iPhone to break so you buy a new one. I'm just saying. That does seem to always happen. Here, Dr. Malone uses paralipsis to advance his financial incentive accusation. You re you think that the reason why he was targeted because he was directly costing the hospital money because people weren't going in? I'm not COVID? saying, I, I'm saying that the observation is that early treatment keeps people out of the hospital and that hospitals have financial incentives, including death incentives, financial incentives. To discourage incentives. early treatment. Rogan there helping Malone finish his point. Huge if true. I could cite what all the fact-checking sites cited. <laughs> a lot of citations there. I don't think it will do anything. In a nutshell, yes, it's true. Medicare pays 20% on top of their ordinary reimbursement for COVID patients. But as the fact-check sites note, for a doctor to mischaracterize a death or lie on a death certificate would jeopardize their entire standing and not pay them anymore. It's not exactly what Malone's accusation was. All the fact-checking sites also note that all the research does seem to show that there hasn't been an overestimation of COVID death. It's almost certainly true there's been an underestimation for whatever happened and was coded in hospitals. There are so many people who died outside of hospitals where no one ever got to point to COVID. Rogan did question the doctor's assertion that if someone came into the hospital with a gunshot wound and also had COVID, that that person would be coded as having COVID. But the point in general was made. The point goes something like this, follow the money. Some assertions that Malone made got no pushback. Maybe this is the sort of claim that Rogan, given his vow of yesterday to check more and to push back more and to do more research, maybe he'll be able to rebut it, but this was what was said during the Malone interview. They have broken all the rules that I know of, that I've been trained on for years and years and years. These mandates of an experimental vaccine are explicitly illegal. They are explicitly inconsistent with the Nuremberg Code they're explicitly inconsistent with the Belmont report. They are flat out illegal and they don't care. It's a common claim. It's all over conservative radio, which, by the way, goes to show that if you silence Rogan, this will all be out there elsewhere. It's not a credible claim. The Nuremberg Code is no longer in effect. It does lay out ethical principles for medical use. The one Dr. Malone and other commentators like Candace Owens is citing is that the coerced use of experimental treatments is unethical. But... The vaccines aren't experimental. Wait, you might say, they're being allowed under an emergency use authorization. Right. But emergency isn't a synonym for experimental. They have made it through clinical trials. They've been shown to work. 
The FDA has designations for different levels of authorization. Experimental, the experimental phase is a designation. These vaccines are out of the experimental phase. They've been clinically tested. They've also been proved effective. They're in no way in violation of the Nuremberg Code, even if the Nuremberg Code were a code governing use in America or really anywhere else in the world today. There are several other statements that could be fact-checked or disputed or in some cases confirmed. The question that I had is, okay, we know Malone and I have demonstrated Malone said a bunch of things that aren't true. So what's the effect? How do they, or do they, even filter out to the public? We know Joe Rogan has a huge audience in the hundreds of thousands, maybe in the millions. It's got to have some impact. It's hard to know, right? But it's not impossible. I checked in on a podcast called the Joe Rogan Experience Review. It, guess what, reviews Joe Rogan's podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience. But it also reflects through the two hosts what two dedicated Rogan listeners might take away from the experience of listening to The Joe Rogan Experience. The two hosts differ a bit on their intensity. One won't get vaccinated even though it'll make him miss his dear friend's wedding. This guy seems really distraught. The other guy is the main host or at least has the better microphone. He did get vaccinated but is leaning strongly against a booster. Okay, they had... Several examples where they cited what Malone said, they gave it credence. Here is just one of their takeaways from the Malone appearance. The CDC is saying that natural immunity is not as effective as the vaccine. According to, Let's, yeah, Robert. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I didn't read that anywhere, hmm. but like he says it. Um, so, like, so the, the, some of the this, clinic- we got to just believe that he knows what he's talking about, right? So reasonable. Totally reasonable. Reasonable Robert says the CDC is saying that natural immunity is less effective than vaccination. Huh. We go now to CNBC. New data suggests natural immunity from COVID provided better protection against the Delta variant compared to vaccination alone. That's from a report published by the CDC. Yeah, the CDC did not say natural immunity was less affected. Robert Malone said the CDC said that on Joe Rogan, and that's what Joe Rogan's listeners heard. And those aren't any two listeners. I mean, in a way, what I'm using them for is uh, a focus group of sorts, but they're also a megaphone. That podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, that was number five on the total Apple charts as of this afternoon. It was ahead of the daily in this American life. And that brings up an interesting point. Neil Young doesn't want to associate with Rogan on Spotify. So he heads to Apple and people signal their virtue. I think there's a phrase for that saying, I'm canceling Spotify. I'm going to Apple. Well, as I just told you, the fifth most listened to podcast on Apple is that one. Plus, they have the Bannon podcast and a whole bunch of other podcasts that say this exact thing. I just heard Sirius Satellite Radio touting the return of the Neil Young channel. Like, I wonder what occasioned that. Well, Sirius on their Patriot News channel plays Dan Bongino and Breitbart News, and you get all the same vaccine misinformation on that channel and a few others. Neil Young can't really even play his music over the air if Neil Young wants to keep rocking in the free world on Cincinnati's 92.5 The Fox or GLO, Peoria's classic rock. Well, they are owned by Cumulus Media. Cumulus pays Dan Bongino millions of dollars a year to oppose vaccine mandates and also, by the way, spread a whole lot of Trump election nonsense, which Joe Rogan doesn't buy. There's no easy answer except 
maybe for smart people to arm themselves with facts and recognize how the distortion of facts work. Of course, if we had a population adept at that, we wouldn't be so vulnerable to misinformation and wacky conspiracy talk about COVID would have no more an effect on the public health than loose lips concerning Bigfoot. Who I'm not saying exists. I'm just saying no baboon is making footprints that could drown a Pekingese. Reasonable. And there you have it, the best of the week, as voted by you, the listener's favorite host, me, Mike Pesca. Thanks. Talk to you again on Monday. Take a day off. Mow the lawn. Worship at your church or synagogue if you're a day late. See you then.